0: Welcome to Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Stories We Don't Tell is a monthly event in Toronto that features candid stories of strength and resilience. I threw out my prayers,
1: they went flying like balloons. The air whipped our hair, we went shooting down the valley. Knuckles gripped upon the handles, shivers rushing down my spine. So today, we are going to talk about
0: um, starting
2: an event. Yes, uh, perhaps you can tell us why, Brian.
0: Well, I am
2: planning a little bit of a life disruption that I've been calling a San Francisco sabbatical. I like that. I, I don't know. Half-take life disruption Disruption is a. I, I like the word disrupt, disrupt, uh, disruptive technology has become such a weird buzzword now. Uh, that it's I think total calling, jargon. Yeah, calling yourself, calling life disruption makes me think that you're going to, like, you know, innovate your life.
0: I'm innovating my life. Hey, I mean, I do have the life-changing magic of tidying up right, right. here on the table, That's so. A good point.
2: So we're already there. We're already there. In- okay.
0: Innovating my life. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You are having a life disruption. So I'm disrupting my life. Um, I'm putting all my stuff in storage. Well, I'm getting rid of a lot of my stuff, putting some stuff in storage, driving to San Francisco. You already know. Um, anyway, and I'm going to spend some time there. I miscellaneous. I've been saying three to six months. I don't know. I don't have a solid plan is the takeaway. But one of the things that I do have a solid plan about is I want to use it as an opportunity to try and... Create stories we don't tell somewhere else, and like see how that goes. So, what we're going to talk about today is all of the things that go into putting an event together, basically.
2: Yeah. I should also point out that the stories we don't tell in Toronto are not are still happening. No. So, if you only listen to the show, if you if you only follow us through this one medium, which would be mind blowing to me. Yeah. Uh, it you can still come out, and they will still continue to exist. No, I'm going
0: to sabotage them.
2: Wow. You're, you're disrupting a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to change all of the information on the Facebook events for the Toronto ones so that no one ever shows up. Wow. And then that's it. <laughs> that
2: seems unnecessarily harsh. It does.
0: Okay. So anyway, yeah, Toronto will proceed as usual. I'm going to come back for our two-year anniversary in September because it like breaks my heart to think about missing that. But I'm also going to... Use everything that we've done so far and learned so far to put together an event in October in San Francisco that will be yeah an event running parallel basically. So there's a lot of things to think about, and we thought this would be a good way to unpack
2: everything that goes into it basically. Yeah, uh, well, like, like a yeah, all those different parts of it that I guess I guess there's two things right. There, one is how to run any event, mm-hmm. and one is how to start a story to tell. Yeah, because they're two very different things. Sure, like you know. For example, one of the easier things for Stars of hotel, uh, which would be harder for an event, is location.
0: Yeah. And I already know that. Right. I already know where I'll be living. I'll be living in an apartment that has a very spacious living room, dining room. And so I'm going to do it uh, same style. There's definitely enough room for... I mean, there's probably enough room for 50 people, I would right. say, which is optimistic in a city of strangers. But, like... It's the the common space is probably bigger than your apartment. Mm. It's common space, and we have it in your apartment all the time. Yeah, so.
2: and we had our first one in our, my apartment. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and what's interesting, I guess, to, to compare those two things <laughs> is. The first event, we had 45-ish people attend. And mm-hmm. as I was joking at the beginning of the top of this episode, we had three people I didn't know. And yeah. they were brought by another friend of mine. Right. So there was, obviously, since no one knew about it, we had no way to promote it except for ourselves and so inviting our friends. We, of course, we'd know everyone there. Yeah. Uh, but much different scenario walking into a new place.
0: Yeah. So, so I wouldn't even step back from there. So we do know the location. And actually, let's... Stick with the technicals for a second. So location is one, and I've got that settled. And then the obvious thing, which is, like, make a Facebook event so that people know where to go. Mm-hmm. So that I have the technical skills to do. I'll need to make a banner. You always make the banner. Right. I can still make the banner. So maybe I'll get you to make the banner. I mean, I also know how to use Adobe, but they're all consistent because you make them. Our branding yeah. is consistent because you always make them. So that's, like, a dumb little thing, actually, that goes into this. Um but other than that, like you make a Facebook event, you invite people. We have a Facebook group for Toronto, which is, which gets automatically invited every time. So I won't have that because obviously people in the Toronto
2: Facebook group don't care. I right. might post about it there once mm, That makes sense. for funsies. You could probably post, you, you could, this is, again, I don't know if anyone cares about this part, but you could maybe use the page of the podcast to make the event.
0: Also true. Also true. So i am definitely like, there will be, people will know. Yeah. In some way but it won't be like there's a however many hundred people are in the group are automatically invited it'll be like okay well I know a few people and my friends know a few people and it'll be like our first one yeah pre-group yeah basically so there's that element of it which is all the technical stuff that's you know there's stuff to it but it's easy okay so let's back up now Mm -hmm. so in order to put the event together the first thing that you need before an audience is you need a lineup yeah so We talk on this podcast all the time about our brunch process and we bring people in and whatever. So we have a kind of machine for this. And of course, there are three of us who tell stories whenever we need to for the lineup. So we need to get like two other people every month. And we, as you'll know, if you listen to the podcast regularly, we have quite a few people who come back. Yeah. So we've, be,
2: Who we've built up over the, over the time.
0: Yeah. So, so we are now have a little bit of a pool to draw on, I would say. And so people always go through the process, but we have people who come back that we know are pretty solid, that they'll definitely finish it on time and they'll get through it and whatever. So, so that's piece one. So what I'm thinking is I'm going down there, um, my gentleman friend who has told two stories. So I'm thinking I will tell a story. He will tell a story. And then one of my best friends lives down there, and I'm hoping to get her to tell a story. but i don't like I don't know what that will be like because while she does write a lot, like she journals and you your friends with her on Facebook, she's a prolific social media sharer. Mm-hmm. I don't this like this specific medium is new for her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that will be like to be like, hey, do you want to come into this very specific process and adapt your own creative expression to it because that's what I would like you to do? But I'm hoping to poach, yeah, my one close friend, and then that means that I need to find two more people, basically.
2: Or, or yeah, three for our normal lineup, but five is is, is fine.
0: Yeah, correct. I I would like to find three more people to bring in, and I need to have five. I would say. Yeah, I agree. But we had five at our first one. That is true. Yeah, so shooting for six, but I'm comfortable with five. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and i So there's different kinds of options for this, I would say. And I'm interested if you have other ideas. But basically, like, on the one hand, there's the riskier option, which is I will be working out of a co-working space while I'm down there. So I could use their mailing list the way that one might do at the Center for Social Innovation in Toronto, which is where we're recording right now. Yes, It's like there's a pretty big mailing list. I'm sure I could send something out and see who shows up. And then I'd probably need to do, like, an info session. And I'd also really need them to understand what they
2: were getting into, you could start what well, you you could honestly almost do a fast version of recreating exactly what we did here mm-hmm. which is invite a bunch of people to do a writing club once mm-hmm. or like a writing workshop mm-hmm. or maybe honestly you could even run a storytelling like you could you could build yourself as pers- as someone who you know does storytelling in Toronto and if you're interested come to my storytelling workshop it's free on this mm-hmm. day and then and then get enough people out that way yeah. they, or see if anyone's interested that way and then and then look at, for and then you have a decent pool of people who have not committed to anything mm-hmm. you could then poke at
0: yeah, without specifically tying it to an event product yeah. at that time. Yeah, so I think that would be a good way to get different people in, but it's also riskier, of course, because they're people who I don't know what their level of commitment is. I don't know their follow through. I don't know their like if they're wacky as it <laughs> turns out. You know, like as people can be sometimes. So I might look. I go, I'll explore that avenue, but I just I wouldn't want to count on it. Yeah. Because that would be, I think, a mistake to be like, okay, well, there's me, and I just need to get five other people from this mailing list.
2: Yeah. Not helpful.
0: That's like a high yield from a mailing list.
2: Yeah. We've, we use this mailing list from time to time and it's 2000 people big and it's still crickets often.
0: Yeah. So, so that's kind of one place that I could look. That's a good, I like that. I was thinking about trying to do some kind of, yeah, like intro thing. So, so there will be that. And then just using our own network. So my gentleman friend has some pretty close friends who live there. So, He And some of them have listened to the podcast when he's been on it. So that would be helpful as a like, okay, they have some context for this. And they're all very close because they did this big bike trip together that he talked about. Yeah, he's on the show. Yeah. So some of his friends from the bike trip live down there. And so because they have the kind of relationship that's like they biked naked across the country together. Like I think they're automatically a little bit, they're prepared to enter into a deep sharing environment, right. whether that translates to like writing and showing up to brunch and stuff, who knows, but the same thing. So those are people that I think like there, he has at least three or four friends in the area from that. So I would say that like expecting that one of them will be able to do it. Seems like a decent bet. Right. So that's four. Yeah. Four plus uh, then the mystery spot of <laughs> somebody from the co-working space or someone from my close friends extended network. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
2: So so, that, so so now you have a lineup theoretically mm-hmm. in this in this made up world that we exist in. Yeah. Uh, that
0: we explained in detail. But I think it's important because if you want to do this, you need to know like right. You the... need
2: to expect this level of yeah. Going out there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then so yeah. So so Rick, you have you have now five. Uh, I have a lineup. I lineup, have a place. And your place. So you have the two main things someone needs to hold a normal event. Yeah. You have an act, and you have a location. Yeah. Those are basically the two, like, and then you need two other things uh, or you need one other thing really yeah. is an audience.
0: It's an audience. Yeah. And since we did three episodes about audiences. Yeah. Right. Um, You can imagine that's pretty important too, actually, because at this point in my life, I don't throw as many events as you do, but we've thrown some events together yeah. that were miscellaneous. Like, can you get people to come to an event? Is a baffling equipment. Yeah. Equipment. It's, a, like, yes, the first time that you do something, you could definitely get somebody to come, yeah,
2: that's true, yeah, yeah, you can if you have a, any sort of network you and you're trying something new uh and it's weird, you can get people to show up out of pure novelty, yeah, so
0: knowing the, that, yeah, that's not enough, actually <laughs> as it turns out, so so the questions that we explored in all of our audience episodes, I mean, some of them are about the storytellers, but are like. It's pretty important that they, I mean, I think that they know what they're getting into to some extent. Mm -hmm. First of all, like you need people who are prepared to come into an environment where people are going to be vulnerable, which is not everybody. It is not the same as going to a concert. No. Um, So people who have some sense, you have to have a way to prime people, which once you've done the event a couple of times, people will be primed by whoever brings them or however they find out about it. Yeah. And then the first one, as you said, like we knew everybody. So they probably didn't all know what they were getting into, but they all knew one of us.
2: Yeah, they all had some vague idea. Yeah, which like forced
0: them to have a little bit of respect for it,
2: Yeah. All the, Yeah, but there are also, there are also a couple of people who came and then like were like, that's not for me. Yeah. And then never showed up again. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. That I don't care about. I just care about them respecting the space while they're there. Right, that's fair. That's the different thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. so... Although, so, again, I think
2: to some extent you guys said this before, but said again, because it's in a house, it's a little easier.
0: Yeah, people definitely respect it more than they would in a bar. Um, or just, like, are more going to be quiet and not talk and not whatever, get up and go to the bathroom in the middle, which would be fine, but people don't do it. Yeah. Um, so that is helpful because it's a house. On a related note, so because of that, what we need is to find a way to make sure that people respect the space, mm. I would say. So respect the storytellers and, like, feel like they're... A part of something yeah and so we ended up actually talking about this a lot this weekend uh, because to me the question becomes if we're asking the storytellers to bring something and give something is there a non culty way to describe this space to people since they're not in my direct network necessarily even though I think everyone will be right, right. like it'll be the friends of friends it's not going to be like a whole bunch of strangers from well, time San Francisco if that exists
2: Dime out, San Francisco.
0: Time out was like a guide to things. Never mind. don't okay. worry about it, okay. Um, yeah. so I like I think they'll still be relatively connected, but maybe a little bit less,
2: yeah, yeah. and and, and yeah, and the question is, yeah, how to get them to buy into the event?
0: Mm-hmm. and so something something that's interesting about storytelling events, which we've also done an episode about, is this question about charging, first right. of all. And so we talked about that at length already. But when talking to my close friend in San Francisco, she was like, Here, there's definitely a culture of people like, people want to spend money on things that make them feel connected and young. Like people, that's the way that our relationship with money works is that like, that's what we want to do. I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. But also, it's a really important factor of this event to me. And I think to all of us, as we've talked about, that it be accessible, like, I don't, A, want people equating it with a specific value and then having to sit there and be like, well, did I get my $10 worth? Like, I don't want that. And I don't want people to have to be like, okay, well, if I want to feel a human connection, I have to spend money. Like, There's a yeah. whole bunch of reasons that money is a question mark, but it, we've accepted donations before right. and feel fine about it. And so if that's one option of like, hello, audience member, I'm going to ask you to make an offering, This is why I need less culty words. (laughs) Like to participate, you need to make an offering too because the storytellers are offering something. So come and we're all going to make a space together and you need to offer something to the space and to the rest of the group. And so this is the idea that I gave to you and yeah. to Paul, and, 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 and you were and, like, "Well, calling it an offering sounds culty."
2: Yeah, and, and also I, I think that and I know where this is going, but I, my second re- reaction to the offering is that you would get a bunch of things you desperately don't want, right? Like so, someone being like, "Hey, I'll give you an offering. It's my own story. It's thirty-five <laughs> minutes long, and is mostly about a sailing trip I once took." Yeah, agree. Sailing can be boring, but but don't it could be.
0: Yeah, so great point. So the way that I had already been thinking about it was like definitely not asking for an open-ended offering, but was trying to think of maybe three categories of offerings that people could make. And so what we do in the Toronto event already is we ask people to bring snacks. Yeah. And people rise to the occasion.
2: Oh, yeah, people bring some sweet serious snacks.
0: Yeah, like people bring chips for sure, which is which is great, but like what you expect, but sometimes people like Someone I had made a-, a macaroni and cheese. Yeah, that's that true. Great. That was great. Someone brought warm nuts once, which was <laughs> <laughs> True, (laughs) that's true. I'm gonna need a a second
2: to respond.
0: Okay, and then this most recent time, I just like had a feast because there was a charcuterie board, so I was having little like salami and goat cheese roll ups.
2: Yes, that actually was really delicious. I know. Yeah, Yeah, well, and once also we got got a dozen donuts, which is also pretty great.
0: Yeah, so you know, people rise to the occasion with the snacks, so. Asking for snacks as an offering I think is great. But it's like I don't want everyone to bring chips at the last minute because they have to bring snacks. Like when you switch into lazy potluck mode is mm-hmm. when it's like, meh. Okay, when,
2: let's give some options here. When also like snacks is still, a, is still a money barrier. Yes, and
0: also snacks are a money barrier, especially because because I don't want chi- Okay, I also am not eating chips right now. <laughs> so because I want more snacks that I can eat, I would probably not say no chips, but I would probably be like, healthful slash delicious bonus points homemade. Like right. make the food, if it's presented as an offering, I would probably make the snack barrier a little bit higher. Right. And then also, so that would be option one. Option two was a mystery that I could not think of. Option three was gonna be, or a cash donation. Hmm. And then I was like, but yeah, food is still, it still costs money. Yeah. So how do we make it so that it doesn't sound like Okay, well, if you can afford it, you can come and give us money or you can do a work trade and give us your labor because that's not the goal at all. The goal is contribute something to the space that is meaningful. Period. Money can be one of them because we do run a bunch of stuff. Mm. Yeah. But like it doesn't its value is not the highest order. So this is what we were talking about. And then you blew my mind with your suggestion. <laughs> I think it's a great idea.
2: My my suggestion, because uh, it seems that you're making want me to say it. I do was, want you to say it. Uh, was Blow just to everyone's bring a friend. mind.
0: Yeah, it was to bring a friend. Because it's a good idea. Being like, how do we manage this thing of we want everyone to have to give something to attend, not because we want to profit off of it, but because we want them to also buy into the event and the space and the process. And um, right now, the storyteller's is buying in a lot. Yeah. And so maybe actually we need to get the audience members to opt in a little bit more so that they're committing to, hold, they're committing to holding the space.
2: Yeah. So... So those are those are all the th- those are the th- those are the those are the thoughts. That's like basically if you ever thought what we'd think about if you try to start it, start it again. These are the thoughts that we would have. If you ever wanted to know if Brian and Stefan make really long and very detailed what-if scenario lists. Yeah, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Because this is now a twenty-minute podcast.
0: Okay, well now, and if you want to start your own. Yeah, Ooh. you can. You basically can. Yeah. So that's what you need to do. You need to have five people that you can definitely rely on. You need a space and you need a way to make your audience buy in and commit to holding the space. Yeah. And if you have ideas about other ways to do that, that are not like diminishing people who can't pay, because we won't, it, it won't also be like spend money or bring a friend. It will be like yeah. money will be last.
2: And I think it also won't be, it also won't be policed. Oh yeah. No. Which is, I think the last thing about this is that like, it's one of those things where it's like these are things that are cool, but also it doesn't like if someone shows up and doesn't do any of those things, they're not getting turned away.
0: Oh no, absolutely not. And like that's the thing that we also talked about. I need to figure out the 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 verbiage on this, the words for it. But the words are basically like come on, come on out. Uh, people share their stories, they don't share at a cocktail party, our words already, and like Be prepared for some stories, what do I normally say, of strength and... Resilience. Resilience. So people are making this commitment, offering to the space. It would be great if you did too. Better words, it would be great if you did too. Yeah. And then here are three great ways that you can contribute. Yeah. That's what it would be. As opposed to like, somebody at the door (laughs) will take your snack, your donation, or your friend's name.
2: Yeah. Um, well, different. That's how we made a bunch. Like the last time we made money, it accidentally people thought it was a donation jar, even though that's we weren't even trying to ask for any money. That's true. It's a different thing. That's a different uh, thing. So we are now. So gonna, yeah. So that's it. Uh, so we're now going to hear a story uh, from someone who did start their own thing uh-huh. uh, here in Toronto. Uh, one one most excellent Aaron Kang. Okay. Uh, if you want to hear more about Erin Kang's uh, own, uh, Her own uh, she, she was also one of our first She also was uh, the first storyteller or one In our first event as well uh, And a good friend um, she, uh, she runs an event called The Stories of Ours uh, Which you can find on Facebook And they have a website and all, the, all those great things
0: And we'll put it in the show notes Yeah, uh,
2: And so with that, Erin, take it away Take it away, Erin
1: everyone. How does this beach still have stones on it? I smile at his incredulity as we watch about a dozen people stand by the lake's edge skipping stones. One guy skips his six times, creating perfect ripples in the water. It's one of the first warm days of the season. We're sitting on a grassy hill facing the lake in the town that I grew up in but left when I was 13. People have been skipping stones here since I can remember. I always forget that I grew up by the water until I hear the sound of waves crashing in and out. I was seven when Princess Diana died. I don't care much to follow the lives of royalty, but for this occasion, mom took me and my little sister on the five minute walk down to the lake so we could throw bouquets of red roses into the water. I remember it took a really long time for them to float out of our sight. He's laid back on the grass, but I can't tear my eyes away from the water. We're full and lazy from the burgers we just ate from the diner. My parents had a restaurant too, just a few doors down. So everyone who worked at the diner used to know us and say hi when we walked in. Hometowns are a funny thing. Some of us have parents who still live there. Others might have never moved in their life. Others still might be more familiar with the idea of constant movement and uprooting than the idea of home. But regardless of the relationship, and no, ma- no matter how brief our jaunt is, Our hometowns grab hold of some piece of us and never let go. When I picture it, for some reason, I picture the Grim Reaper holding this version of me frozen in time. My hometown is the kind of place where everything downtown is actually designed for tourists, but were a local to go anywhere, it would be that diner. I still remember that their soup on Mondays is tomato macaroni. Almost everything about the place is the same as I remember. The vinyl padded stool at the front counter, the paper place settings, the ice cream bar, even the burger patties. Downtown is about four blocks wide, mostly full of restaurants and pricey stores. I didn't realize this then, but me growing up in this town is pretty much like me standing in Holt Renfrew today. I really don't belong. The only difference is I didn't grow up in a Holt. <laughs> On the walk down to the lake with him, I pointed out all the large estates and manors turned into frilly B&Bs and museums. They offer allegories of a simpler time that you can experience, too, if your wallet is padded enough. Mm -hmm. I told him how the crappy inn I used to stay at when I came to visit closed two summers ago, so I can't even afford to stay here anymore. This is a town with several golf courses and 20-something vineyards in the area. People come by the busloads to soak in the quaint charm. We soak it in, too, sitting on this hill, the sun spilling on our faces, The sweet air pours like nectar into my city lungs. He had looked so excited as we drove down the highway, while I pointed out all the different landmarks from my childhood. And I was excited too. I realized today that I never actually brought anyone to my hometown before. I don't drive and you need a car to get here. But more than that, it feels sacred and a little sad, like visiting a cemetery on a really beautiful sunny day. When mom told us that we were moving to Toronto towards the end of grade 7, I was furious. I cried and yelled and was generally an asshole about it, but I knew none of it mattered. One of the last things I remember before we moved is watching dad get arrested right outside of our restaurant on the main street. We lived in the apartment on top of it, so it was home too. He had put a shirt over his bowed head so no one could recognize him, but it didn't help. Everyone knew. My whole class signed a goodbye card for me when we left, but I don't think that many people actually missed me. I guess I don't really blame them either. Before we came down to the lake, I'd pulled him towards my old home, wanting to show him the restaurant, the window on the second floor that I used to look out of, and the side door entrance that my mom once stood with me when I was one, ready to take the leap and leave Dad. She never ended up doing that. I looked over at the gazebo by the lake that used to be my palace, There's been a group of tourists standing in in it the whole time that we've been here. To our right, there's a spot where the lake diverts into a little stream that rushes over large, smooth rocks. And ahead, it's just blue. The lake stretches out to touch the sky. You can see a big, old fort across the way. And on very clear days, Toronto glimmers mysteriously like Atlantis in the distance. He puts his hand on my leg and asks if I'm ready to get going. And I am. We had parked the car by my old elementary school. I was so excited when we got out that I started to skip down the sidewalk when I saw the outline of the pale brick building. We had walked through the playground while I pointed out various spots of importance. That was where I once played hopscotch. That's the tree I used to sit at alone or with my friend and read or talk while the cooler kids did cooler things. I told him about the time that I had broken down crying and told my whole class that my parents were getting divorced. One of them had told me so after a big fight that they had. But when my teacher called them, they denied it, so everyone thought I was lying. I showed him the place on the tarmac where it happened, where we used to line up before filing inside after recess. When we got back to his car, I pressed the tiny yellow flowers that I picked into his notebook. Earlier, instead of presenting the familiar storefront to him, I came to a stop abruptly in front of a blank white wall with a notice for a public meeting on it. I was in the middle of saying something then, but I lost my words. I stared at the wall, looked at the bakery on the left and the other restaurant on the right, stepped a few paces back to look at it from afar. I looked at him and he looked at me. I led him around the corner of the bakery to the back and stepped into what was once our patio. I had just come here a couple years earlier and ate a ridiculously expensive Italian dinner with my sister. It was worth it just to sit on our patio again, looking up at what was once our living room window. I looked at the small piles of rubble, the big grassy rectangle that signified where the building once stood, the spot where the stairs would have led up to my house. I walked around slowly, tears rushing like waves over my face, sun burning hot on my skin. while he watched silently, my guest at the wake for my home. I bent down to pick the tiny flowers sprouting from the ground. And we drove home. Thanks.
0: You can find us online at thereapers.org because we're in the life collecting business. You can like us at facebook.com slash stories we don't tell podcast.
2: If you want to help us out, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks to Rihanna for the theme music to this podcast.
0: You can find out more about her in the show notes or at rihanna.ca.
2: This episode of the Stories of the podcast is brought to you by Warm Nuts. <laughs> because of course it is.
1: <laughs> okay.